Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So this morning, again we are going to continue our sermon series. You know, we have been doing a series of sermons on relationship under attack. I guess this is the fifth sermon on the series. So this morning, I would like to title my sermon as Living Together. One of the many attacks that comes in our lives, in our community, in our society is living together. So what? You know, that's my sermon title. You know, if you remember, quickly, I just want to you know, take you back to a couple of weeks that we talked about this topic on relationship under attack. You know, let's do a quick review. We talked about some of the forces that we see today in today's world. They come and attack our families. You know, whether we like it or not, whether we are influenced or not, still, you know, we are under the attack in one way or the other. Today's attack that comes on our families are very powerful and they are very ferocious. You know, even they are powerful to destroy the relationship that we have in our family. You know, today it is very important. <coughs> God works through families. Families are established by God. You know, if families are not doing good, the church cannot do good. If churches are not doing good, God's can, kingdom cannot be established on this earth. So the relationship is very, very important today. So last week or a week before, we talked about one major force that comes against our families known as homosexuality. We talked about that on that Sunday morning. Homosexuality, we understood homosexuality is like any other sin that Bible talks about. And we need to deal with that subject with grace and love. Because they are people, those who are going through that situation, they are people like you and me. And we were trying to address that with the love of God. And we also realized homosexuality is an abomination to the Lord. That being said, like any other sinner, if they don't turn back to Christ, they have eternal punishment of paying the penalty of living in hell forever. So homosexuality is like any other sin that deserves punishment from God. And last week we talked about heterosexuality. You know, God's design of heterosexuality. When God created Adam and Eve, you know, the sexuality came at the garden of Adam and Eve. But we realized how the enemy perverted God's design of marriage. And last week we talked about a couple of pulling forces, heterosexual pulling forces that are seen in today's world. We listed them, quite a few of them, and we discussed them in very detail. And we talked about families are going through struggle in this aspect. They are either going through premarital issues or they are going through extramarital issues. We talked about that in very detail. And we also found out scripture very clearly defines the boundaries for, for both married and unmarried. And today it is important that we need to know about that. And violating these boundaries, scripture also tells that we deserve eternal punishment and God's judgment comes, will come on our way. And this morning we are going to talk about another attack on families called cohabitation or living together. You know, this morning you may have a question, why do we address this topic? There are a couple of reasons why we talk about this on a Sunday morning. 
you know we need to know the current system in this world because the majority are going behind those things and we are living in a world where we see people are going behind such forces and we see that in our day and out so we need to be aware of such forces that we see in today's world and at times we need to take a right decision especially when we talk about living together we need to take a right decision you know those children those who are ready to get married they need to know how to move further how to take decisions in their lives as a parent we need to know what to teach to our children they have many questions and as parents we need to be aware of what to be taught because they always come with a question sometimes they ask they don't ask it is your responsibility as a parent to teach them and guide them in the right direction also this topic is important because we need to know what bible says <coughs> excuse me to about living together about cohabitation or about common law partnership you know some of those terms may be familiar to you or it may be something new to you but this morning i just want you to listen we are going to talk about living together or cohabitation and also a little bit about common law partnership which we see it's a valid marital status around today we see around today <coughs> what is living together what is living together cohabitation is another term which is used cohabitation or living together it is an arrangement between two people to live together those who are not married so two people they are not married to each other but they decided to live together so that's what is called living together or cohabitation you know for a bible believing christian and especially you know the way we you know we have come all all of us have most of us have come from the nation where you know it's the marriage is very 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 strictly followed we find it very difficult to understand these concepts that we see today in this world but we need to remember that this is not god's system of marriage but this is world system what we are talking about this morning it's not from god but it is from this world so we need to be aware you know what what are the pitfalls you know they are there and we need to be careful about such things we're talking about what is living together you know sometimes some people say that living together is a drive test drive it's a trial i want to you know try to live with somebody and see whether it works out or not if it works out we will think about moving further in our relationship it's a test drive that we want to do you know if you are going to buy a car you do that test drive i think who bought the car recently i think blessing bought the car recently how many times you would have done the test drive just one time my goodness you are such a good driver now some people do the test i remember we're doing the test drive when i was in we bought this car when we were in philadelphia i remember going to i think i would have gone maybe six or eight dealers and drew all the kind of cars before i bought this car we all do that most of the time blessing is an exception god bless him right so you know people call it as a test drive they just want to try it out how it works and as i speak through you know you can you can understand that's not the design of marriage according to god according to bible sometimes it is also viewed as a next step after dating or being in a relationship these are some of the terms that you come across you know people date with each other 
and they move into relationship with somebody and probably they living together is another step next step of these kind of relationships that we come across and you know you will be amazed to know this living together is a prerequisite to get a common law partner status in Canada Living together is a prerequisite, not only in Canada, there are many other countries, but I can talk very well about Canada. Prerequisite to become, to get the common law partnership status in Canada. For example, to have a common law partnership status in Ontario and in Manitoba, a couple must be living together for three long years. You need to live three long years together in order to get the status known as common law partnership. Or you need to be living together in the conjugal relationship or marriage relationship if for three years it is good or four more or one year with a child. Then you are eligible for common law partnership status in Canada. But remember, you are still not married. This morning we are talking about what is living together. And we are trying to understand how this is going to attack, how this is going to affect our relationship today. Because you know, forget everything, relationship is very important. The relationship you have your, with your spouse, the relationship you have with your children, the relationship with you have with your family members, that is important in the sight of God. You know, if that relationship is broken, God cannot do anything. God cannot use you. God's purpose cannot be accomplished in your life. So what is important is the relationship is the most important. And today morning we are trying to do all that we need to do in order to build that family relationship. Bible says marriage is honorable. Marriage is honorable. You know, in the sight of God, Bible describes very clearly marriage is honorable you know i just want to you know take you through some of the quotes that i have this morning sometimes you know we say that we don't you know when we talk to people outside they may not believe in god or they may not believe in bible so what we talk about here it may not really make any sense to them if they are not bible believers but i believe we are all bible believers and it is very important to follow the word of God. And this morning we are talking about marriage is honorable. According to the Bible, if you remember, marriage is one flesh relationship. Marriage is one flesh relationship where a man joins with his wife. When God created Adam and Eve, that's what he said. And Jesus, as he was ministering, when he was questioned by the Pharisees, he was quoting the same scripture. That they become one flesh. You know, it is an amazing relationship. When you are in marriage relationship, you are in one flesh relationship. We are talking about marriage is honorable. Listen to this. Living together before marriage and living separate after marriage are total deviation from God's design of marriage. Living together before marriage and living separate after marriage are total deviation from God's design of marriage. As husband and wives, we need to remember that very clearly. You know, the two flesh really cannot become one before marriage. And the one flesh cannot become two after marriage. Listen to this, two flesh cannot become one before marriage and one flesh 
which became one flesh at the time of marriage cannot become two flesh after marriage because marriage is honorable marriage is honorable can you just this morning if your spouse is next to you can you turn to your spouse and say marriage is honorable come on some of us are really if, if your spouse is not here probably you can think about him for a moment and just tell him marriage is honorable let's do that come on once again marriage is honorable very good come back now don't, don't keep thinking about him now come back okay so marriage is honorable in the sight of God so living together before marriage and living separate after marriage is not the plan of God it's not the plan of God so two flesh can never become one before marriage and one flesh never can become two after marriage these are the perversions that we see today in today's world you know, this morning, just to make this real, what we are talking about is real. I just want to, you know, throw this uh, uh, for you. Some of the application forms when you fill, you would have come across the, your marital status. You know, sometimes people ask me, those who, you know, first time they come to Canada and they're trying to fill an application form, they ask me, what is this? What is this status? So I, know I just took a you know, short screenshot of one form. This form is a form, RC65 is used. If there is a marital change, status change, you are supposed to fill this form and submit it to CRA, RC65. So I just put a section of that form, information about your new marital status. Married, we all know what is married, right? Come on, yes? Okay, sure. Make sure that you all know what is married. Okay, living together, or sorry, living common law, partnership. So that's what we are talking about this morning. Two couples, sorry, two individuals, they come together and they decide to live together, those who are not married to each other. Widowed, if, they, if a spouse, one of the spouses lost, died, then you are called widowed. Divorced, those who are married, they decide to end their marriage, they are divorced. Separated, those who are living in common law relationship, if they decide to separate, your status becomes separated. Single, those who never married, are never into common law relationship. That's the definition of those statuses available there in any form. And this morning, you know, it is real, it is real. We, we deal with this every day. And this morning, we are trying to understand the biblical point of view of the marital statuses. Let's talk about married. The, the known status as married. You know what Bible says about married? We know married status is biblical because Bible talks about marriage. Bible talks about that it is a one flesh relationship. Bible also talks about it is a covenant that we make. We talked about those things earlier. It is a commitment that we make with one another. Husband makes a commitment to wife with wife saying that I will love you forever. And wives make, wife makes a commitment with husband saying that I will be submissive to you. Commitments. Hello, you're, do you remember those commitments? Right, the commitments that we make to love each other. The commitment that we make to work together in our relationship. Marriage also represents the relationship Christ has with the church. 
Christ being the bridegroom, church being the bride. So that's the reason scripture says marriage is honorable. It just does not happen just like that. It resembles, it represents Christ's relationship with the church. That's why the Bible says Jesus is going to come back to this world to take his church, to take this, his bride back to him. And you know what scripture says? God has joined us. When two people get married, who joins them? God. God joined them. So man shall not separate. Man shall not separate. So we are talking about the marriage status. It is a design by God. It's a God's order. It is God's priority. God wants, that's how God wants marriage to be. Let's talk a little bit about divorce. If you remember in the Old Testament, divorce was permitted. And on the day, Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees. Why do you say that divorce is not right? In the Old Testament days, Moses allowed divorce. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 19, 7 and 8. I can read for you. Matthew 9, 7 and 8. Jesus said to him, when, why, then, sorry, why then did Moses commanded to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Jesus said to them, Moses did that because of the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives but from the beginning it was not so from the beginning when God created Adam and Eve it was not so but when the children of Israel were in the wilderness their heart became so hardened that even Moses accepted for divorce otherwise it was not done not accepted forever in the New Testament divorce is permitted with a condition you know we all need to know this Divorce is permitted with the condition only because of marital unfaithfulness. If you find your partner involving in sexual immorality with other people, then probably that is an option for divorce. But even then, scripture tells us we need to do that patiently. It, scripture doesn't encourage divorce at all because it is not the plan of God. It is the plan and scheme of the enemy. But today it is a legal system in the world that we are living, but it is not God's system. Now let's talk about living together. How do we relate all this by putting them together? Living together, as we know, it is not biblical. Because Bible did not prescribe men and women living together before marriage. There is no context in the Bible. It is not a one flesh relationship that word of God is talking about. When God created Adam and Eve and God said from now onwards man will leave from his father's and mother's house and he will join with his wife and they shall become one flesh. So that happened at the time of marriage. You know God did the first marriage in the garden of Eden between Adam and Eve. So living together prior to marriage is not biblical. And as we know, premarital sex, we talked about yesterday, last week, it's a premarital sexual relationship is a sinful thing. Bible calls it as fornication. And Bible says fornicators and adulterers, like any other sinners, will perish in the eternal hell. So it is sinful. It is sinful. It is just disobeying to God's order of marriage. And they all deserve eternal punishment. If they don't come to Christ, it is a world system. 
It is a perverted version of God's design of marriage. And this morning, we are talking about living together and how it's going to affect our families. Just want to quickly take you through some of the statistics. From 1987, listen to these years. 1987 to 2002, women at the age of 35 to 39 who lived together or who cohabitated, that increased from 30% to 61%. You know, this phenomenon is increasing, ever increasing around us. The percentage of cohabited couple, eventually resulting in marriage, has come down, has drastically come down. In around 1970s, it was 60% of the cohabitation will eventually result in marriage, something which is good. But in the 90s, that 60 percentage has come down to 33 percentage. Only 33 percentage of those who are living together are going to result in marriage. Now listen to this, this is very, very interesting. In the United States, Seattle, the city of Seattle, that topped, come as the top list of people living together. The city of Seattle in Washington. A recent analysis in the Seattle Times, you know, this is what it says. 12.5% of the people living with a roommate or with a boyfriend or girlfriend who are not their relation. That means, you know, that also says that it has ever increased in 2010. 2010 it has increased to 40%. 12.5% to 40% people are living a wrong life which is not according to the word of God. A census taken in Canada indicates Vancouver and Toronto are the cities where people live together with somebody who is not a family member, who is not their married partner. They live with someone, they choose to live with somebody. In Vancouver, in 2011, census showed about 8% of the people in the city of Vancouver, they are living with someone else to whom they are not married. That means around 46,000 people of the city of Vancouver. Right now it's around 640,000 people living in the city of Vancouver. Out of that, around 46 to 50,000 people living in such a lifestyle. In the city of Toronto, around 136,000 out of the entire population of 2.5 million, it's close to 3 million now in Toronto, they are living with someone else. In the United States, statistics says more than 2.5 million kids are living and raised in cohabitated houses. You know, this morning, this is important because we are living in such a, in the midst of all these that are happening around us. What about our children? Our children are going to come up in this nation. Our children are going to experience these forces. So this morning it is very important that we need to be aware of such a things happening around us. This morning let's talk about some of the negative things of this living together. What is wrong if people live together? And we know that it is, it is really not the system of God. Let's t- try to find out what is wrong. What are the negative aspects of living together? You know people say today about living together They say, why we need to go and buy a cow when milk is available? Do you listen to that? 
why we need to go and buy a cow and take care of the cow and you know feed the cow regularly clean the cow wash the cow and do all those things and take the cow for a walk and all those things why you want to do it when milk is available people are not willing to make commitment to each other you know that's how not that's not how god planned marriage they don't want to commit make commitments to each other they also say that living together is like having one foot out the door throughout the relationship now they just want to put one foot out the door means any moment they can escape any moment they can get out of the relationship that's what is living together we are talking about the downside of living together statistics also says violence and abuse are increasing in the cohabited houses sexually transmitted diseases are more among people who are living together you know living together is an involvement but it is not a commitment but whereas marriage is a commitment you know marriage is a commitment that we make with our partner for life for life but living together is not so and at times people view it as a step before marriage but that's not true they are trying to escape from the commitments that they want to make you know this morning it is very very important we are going to read that in the in the, in the word of god what word of god is saying about living together what does bible say about living together can we turn your bibles i can i have a scripture on the screen too you know sometime when you read through the bible you don't come across the term called living together in the bible and many christians today they claim that living together outside the marriage is not sin because bible is not talking about it but that's not true and this morning we are here to understand what bible says we are talking about listen to this we are talking about a man and a woman a male and female not married to each other but living together in the same house sharing the bed and having sexual relationship we are talking about men and women living together who are not married to each other this is nothing but premarital sex premarital sex is repeatedly condemned in the word of god it is not allowed it says it is a sexual immorality eventually deserves punishment number one what bible talks about living together bible says any form of sexual relationship outside marriage is a sin shall we read from hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 if you have a bible you can turn to your bible hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 bible is very clear any form of sexual relationship outside marriage is a sin bible says hebrews 13 4 marriage is honorable among all can you just say that with me can you repeat that with me marriage is honorable among all marriage is honorable among all that means above everything your marriage stands out your relationship as a husband and wife that's the most important relationship marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled we talked about that last week when we talked about heterosexuality but god says but fornicators fornicators is the term generally attributed to premarital sex living together is nothing but premarital sex and adulterous refers to extramarital sex and bible says god will judge god will judge you know that's the word of god you know today we can hide it we can you know avoid preaching it we can avoid reading those scriptures but this is what is the word of god says you know that's what is true any form of sexual relationship outside marriage is sinful number two bible commands us not to live together but to get married 
Bible tells us not to live together, but to get married. If you like somebody, if your children like somebody, just do not encourage them to live together. Just get them married if that is the will of God. Just get them married. Bible commands us to do that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, Bible says very clearly, flee sexual immorality. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sin against his own body. And the Bible says very clearly, flee sexual immorality. What does it mean? Bible really doesn't encourage people, those who are not married, living together. Because word of God is expecting us to separate. Word of God is expecting us to go. You know, it's not something that you want to touch and feel. It's not something that you want to taste. No, Bible is telling us to flee from those things. Because it is so powerful, it can damage our lives, our relationship. Number three, Bible very clearly says, it is important to have own wife and own husband as sex outside the marriage is condemned. Read that from 1 Corinthians 7 to 1 Corinthians 7 to scripture says, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife. And let each woman have her own husband. Scripture says, listen to this, let each man have his own wife. Can we hear that from men? Each man have his own wife. Bible says own wife. Very important. Bible also says let each woman, can you hear that from women? Let each woman have her own husband. Yes, good. So now that's what scripture says. What does it mean? It means living together is not encouraged. It's prohibited in the word of God. It's not a test drive that you make. It's not a car. It is a partner, your life partner. It is God established, you know, in the marriage. It is so precious. Number four. These are the reasons why living together is not right. Sexual relationship is one flesh relationship. That is something to do with the marriage. Word of God says in Matthew chapter 19 verse 5. Jesus was referring to what God spoke in the garden of Eden. And Jesus said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. You know, that's a scripture. That's a scripture. You know, sometimes I want to ask men that question. What are you doing there in your own house? What are you trying to do with your porn parents once you got married? Scripture says once you got married, you need to get out of the house and start establishing your family. Today, you know, family relationships are broken because, you know, still we have those ties. But God says, this is what is the word of God. For this reason, a man shall leave his father's, uh, father's, father and mother. That doesn't mean that man is not going to take care of his father and mother. He's going to take care of his father and mother. But your primary, your priority, your you know, important relationship is with your wife. And they shall become one flesh. One flesh. So marriage is the time that one flesh unity happens. According to the word of God, it cannot happen anywhere else it cannot happen outside the marriage number five a woman i found a woman actually in the word of god when i was preparing this sermon i found a woman who was living together any guess who that woman was anybody 
Read that woman in John chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Jesus was sitting at the well at Samaria. As Jesus was sitting there, there a woman came trying to fetch water from the well. And Jesus asked her a question. And this is what Jesus said. Go call your husband. Listen to this. Very interesting. Jesus told, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Correct answer. Right answer. And Jesus said to her, this is what Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands and the one whom you live, you have, is not your husband. So you are living with somebody now who is not your husband. So she had five husbands, that means she was married to those five individuals, but now she is living with somebody who is not her husband. And she's, Jesus said, you spoke truly. And we know the end result of it. And she became a follower of Jesus. The moment that she realized that it's very sinful, she became a follower of Lord Jesus Christ. And she started spreading the word out. A woman who was living together in the Bible. Jesus did not encourage that relationship. Jesus said it is sinful. Number six. Word of God also says, as we read from Hebrew 13.4, sex before marriage is a form of adultery. And those who are involved are not married to each other. When that thing happens, it is a form of adultery. That's what Hebrews 13.4 says. Now before we close, how does this living together affect our family? How does this living together affect our family? You know, today living together is a preferred option among people, among young people, young children. Because they think that they don't need to make any commitment. But they never realize they are going away from God. They are going away from the word of God. You know, this morning, I just want you to remember. If you remember the marriage vow you told, you exchanged with your partner. Do you remember that? I believe this morning it is worthwhile to rehearse that. Shall we have that in the screen? This is a marriage vow. Probably you would have taken that marriage vow in your language. Shall we read that together this morning, knowing what it is? Shall we read that? I will be faithful to you in plenty and in want. That means I'm committing my life to you. When you have everything good, I'll be faithful. And when you don't have anything good, I'll be faithful. Life has ups and downs. Life has ups and downs. It strikes anyone. Nobody is an exempt. It affects all of us. But the covenant that we make at the time of marriage, you know, that's why marriage is honorable. The covenant that we make at the time of marriage, this is what we say. I will be faithful to you in plenty and in want. Let's continue reading. In joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. This is the covenant that we made. We are here to love and cherish as long as we live. You know, when people are living together, there is no sincere love. Listen to this. Listen to me. When people living together, there is no sincere love. And when people living together, there is no marriage faithfulness among them. You know, when people live together, they cannot plan anything which is long term in their lives. 
because they don't know any time the relationship can break any time they can separate we are talking about how living together is affecting the family relationship you know what god is specific about is your relationship today when people are married in the presence of god you know that relationship is expected to last for a long time for a long time secondly you know when people live together disagreements can arise very quickly among them disagreements can come and it can cause you know any amount of physical and emotional damage to the couple you know at times when we people living together there is a huge expectation that is set among the partners but they are not very flexible to adjust because there is no marriage boundary but when they are bound by marriage you know they are expected to adjust to each other so living together affects our family relationship you know at times think about the children I want you to think about the children they are born you know out of this cohabited relationship children who are born out of the cohabited relationship they are challenged for their safety most of the houses they are abused children they are born with such a family setup at any time they you know parents break with each other they disappear from the scene children are left alone and they are under the subjection of abuse from by people by others think about the children there are thousands and thousands of children are suffering today they struggle physically and they struggle emotionally and their future is damaged completely and children they see with their own eyes the parents separating the parents throwing everything and walking away because they don't have any commitment together you know this morning i just want you to think about your children god has blessed our children in and given our children in such a good family setup there are millions outside they don't have this children struggle in such houses living together affects our relationship so what as we close so what as a church as a bible believing christian what can we do about it there are a couple of couple of things i just want to throw in the screen this morning before we close just want to say to the families just be content with what god has given to you number 1 number 1 just be content with what god has given to you just be thankful for the family setup god has given to you you know it's such a blessing there cannot be another blessing than being blessed with husband or wife there cannot be another blessing we can see under the heaven just be content with what god you may not like your partner but he is she or he or she is the one appointed by god to you you may not be fully satisfied that's okay that's okay you may not like 99% of her what she does but that's okay that's important you need to hold on to it just be thankful to god for all the blessings thankful to god for all your children the children are under your roof today just be thankful to god for that try to spend time with them them try to spend your time with your family more than being with your friends just be with your family just take them out your family it's good to be with the friends but it is very important that you spend time with your family if you don't spend time with your family you are using losing their faithfulness they cannot trust you anymore it is important that your time is needed for your children your time is needed for your spouse once in a once once in a sorry once a week at least in a year try to just go away take your spouse and children along with you and try to spend your time because it is so important
that what God has given in your hands. Respect each other. Love each other. Obey and be submissive to each other. That's for the family's parents. Teach the right thing to your children. They don't know. There is so much of foolishness in their heart. You need to teach this and tell them what is right. What about young children? You need to build your life based on the word of God. It is very important we need to build our lives based on the word of God because that's where we see God's blessings. And you know what? The children, those who are living in the, in the, in the cohabited houses, they don't have a role model to follow. Today, if you ask your child, that such an innocent child will tell you, who is your role model? He'll say, my daddy or my mommy. I want to become like him, him or her. Children who are living in the cohabited houses, they don't have a role model. How do they grow? How do they come up? As parents, God wants us to set, establish our family as a role model among all our friends today. You know, there are many of friends, those who do not know Jesus Christ, God expects our family to be a role model. So this others can follow. Others can see the love in our family. Others can see the joy in our family. Others can see how blessed we are with our children as family. They go out with the, as a family together and they come back as a family together. You know, be a role model to others. Finally, as we know, living together is sin, sinful. There are millions of souls perishing outside. They are going to the eternal hell just because they don't obey the word of God. And as a church, God wants us to pray for them too. Shall we close our eyes? You know, this morning, one way or other, God has spoken to you. At least I believe God has made you to realize how precious your family is. How important your family is. How precious the children that God has given in your hands. How important to be a role model for your children. They want to see the joy that you both share. They want to see the love that you both share. You will have sicknesses. You will have financial shortcomings. You will have many difficulties. You may not be completely okay. Completely, you may not be able to accept all that your partner is telling you. You may not be able to. But in the midst of all, remember that God has united you. God has given you this precious family in your hands. Shall we be thankful to God? At the same time, also remember those millions who are outside, like you and me, they are perishing. They are being drawn to the hell because they do not know what the word of God says. And their love and their joy is momentary. When they separate, the children suffer. And if God is putting that burden in your heart, Pray for them daily. Pray for such people, those who are going through such a bad relationship. Think about the, your co-workers. Think about your people in your community, in your apartment. Their relationship is broken. They are like the Samaritan woman. But God wants you to show the love of God. God wants you to pray for them. And this morning, God may put that burden in your heart. Never stop praying for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Shall we all just stand for a moment as we close? Just want you to thank God for the family that God has given to you. Just thank Him for your spouse. Thank Him for your wife. Thank Him for your husband. Thank God for the children. 
thank god for the good parents thank you lord just want you every one of you to thank god just go ahead and give him thanks give him thanks right now give him thanks god has blessed you you have gone through so much in your life i have gone through so much in your life you know i would have gone through so much during the 22 23 years of marriage in my life and you would have gone through so much in your life but in the midst of all god has put you together until now don't we need to be thankful to god hallelujah father we thank you for such a families today thank you for all of us lord Lord some of us our spouses are here but some of our spouses are away but Lord we are together today as one family we are together living with our children Lord our children are not have not walked out of our houses they are still living under the same roof what a privilege it is oh God what a privilege Father this morning we thank you for all our families thank you for all your blessings upon our families oh God upon our children Lord as we open up this word this morning I pray that you would make this very clear in our hearts so that we may be wisely teaching these to our children oh father god young children as they grow up they may choose their lifestyle according to the word of god not according to the pattern of this world father this morning thank you for speaking to us lord we give you glory send us with your peace in jesus name amen hope you are blessed by this teaching please write to pastor balan swaminathan at balan@hipm.org at god bless you